Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to the latest episode of Strangers in the Cinema. I'm one of your co-hosts, Paul Anderson, here with co-host Grace Williams. Grace, how are you this week? I'm so good, thanks. How are you? That's very keen. So you've yep. had a good week then, I take it. I mean, it's not been anything specifically eventful, but okay. you've got to hype things up, haven't you? Okay, you're just excited to be on the show. Yeah, of course. Okay. I like people good. hearing my voice. Good. Ha, ha, ha. I've... I've, I've... <laughs> I've cheered myself up from a pretty lacklustre day at work, if I'm Good. honest. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully my mood has improved since I walked through the door. I think it has. Yeah. I've done loads of high energy exercises, which yeah. is just stare at my phone and decide what we're going to do. What yeah, loads of high so, energy. Yeah. You had a Lots packet of, of crisps. Yeah. A squash. I had two packets of crisps. Did you? I didn't even notice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and a glass of orange squash. Whoa. Uh, basically, the diet of a twelve-year-old boy that sustains yeah. me. So. And what are you having for din dins? Uh, I don't know. Apparently, pasta baked, but we'll oh, see. Oh, pasta. Yeah. Or maybe fish, fish, fing- fing- oh, fish fingers. fingers. Yeah, so I'm quite excited. You're in the honest. 90s. Yeah. Woo! But look, I can't have fish fingers until we get this bloody show done. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, I um, can't have my teriyaki salmon with uh, jasmine rice and broccoli, so. Okay, well, that's like posh fish fingers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what have we got coming up this week? This week we have a show ahead of us for sure. Uh, we're going to chat very briefly about some film news in a minute, uh, probably yep. just after we finish saying this. Uh, then we will have What Have We Been Watching, our usual section where myself and Grace talk about the films that we have been watching and things. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, for you lucky listeners, a double feature review this week. OMG! Aladdin, Guy Ritchie's uh, latest film and the latest money-grabbing uh, live adaptation from Disney is out <laughs> and Rocket Man, um, the latest uh, musical biopic about Elton John. I just did some that. quotation air, air quotation marks about one of those words when you said that. Which one? It was either Aladdin film Guy Ritchie. Okay, who knows? Okay, we'll <laughs> I'm find sure out. We'll we find out. Review, but yes, so yeah, that will be our two feature reviews. Dexter Fletcher's Rocket Man and Guy Ritchie's Aladdin uh, coming up at the back end of the show. Uh, before then, though, yeah, some film news that we just wanted to discuss. Really, um, we talked a bit about Palm Door winners last week. Uh, in, yeah. When we counted down our top five, and I missed a more when it should have been my number one. Um, but it got there in the end, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the Palm Door has been announced for this year's uh, Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. And I had a fit inkling it might go to Tarantino for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but it didn't. No, of course it not. It went to a director that I think is much better than Quentin Tarantino, and that is Bong Joon Ho uh, for his latest film, Parasite. Parasite, yeah. Yeah, which we we haven't seen. No. I was about to excite. I was. I'm so excited to talk about Parasite. Yeah, um, let's pretend that we did. Oh my god, because we were at Cannes, obviously. Yeah, I, it, we weren't. Um, it, <laughs> we Parasite, I think, look, from the trailer, it looks brilliant. It's supposed to be a black comedy in the similar vein to a lot of Bong Joon-ho's work. Um, and the buzz I've been reading is that it's, it's a fantastic film. He's a director that I love, in all honesty. I think he's done some fantastic work. And, you know, to see him honoured at the Cannes Film Festival uh, is fantastic. I, for me, of all the awards that are dished out at the full stop across the year... I generally think the palm door is the one that i would probably of all of them if i had to pick one that i would pay most attention to it would probably be the palm door to be honest yeah over and above all the other ones because it's the the panel is normally high profile filmmakers um and people within the industry um yeah that would be of all the award shows film lovers yeah no it's not just like oh yeah that'd be good if that one ka-ching 
Yeah, and also I think what I, what I like about the Palme d'Or as well is you have all languages from films from all languages in the single yeah. competition, yeah. rather than I th- what frustrates me with the Oscars sometimes is just like our oh, best picture goes to, and is then they've got a separate best picture for for world cinema. Or yeah, film, yeah, yeah, it's, stu- it's really stupid. Um, and that frustrates me. Whereas Palme d'Or, everything's on an even footing. The language of the film doesn't matter, and I, I quite like that. So, yeah, very excited about Parasite. I'm, I'm semi looking forward to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if I'm honest. Even though I'm not the biggest Tarantino fan. Because that's got some pretty good buzz as well, but I think yeah, for me, I haven't I haven't seen both films, so I can't say whether one's better than the other. But yeah. I like Bong Joon Ho's films more than like Tarantino's films, so for me, that makes me very happy. Well, there we go. That that's obviously a a segment for another time. Yes, Tarantino versus Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That could be that could be an interesting one to do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, weird. That sounds, that sounds like a, that sounds like quite a tricky film studies essay to write. To be yeah, honest, definitely. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll give it a go. Maybe I'll give it a go. Um, what else has happened this week that caught our attention? Um, oh my god, not a lot. Um... <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog at the other end of the filmmaking spectrum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's happened with Sonic, Grace? Got pushed back to 2020. Yeah. So after they announced, unsur- perhaps unsurprisingly, with the massive backlash that happened, announced that they were going to redesign Sonic the Hedgehog almost from the ground up. Yeah. Um, they have said, and fairly so, I think. And you know, there's there's a lot been said at the moment about the kind of working conditions of VFX artists probably probably more so in video games but certainly in films as well with um, VFX teams being massively overworked and they're putting in loads of hours and the pay doesn't fairly reflect the work they put in and that kind of thing so actually in some ways I think it, it's good that it's been pushed back it gives them a bit more time to work on the project um, and hopefully get the, the character design right whether the film will be any good is aside from that I, I don't know um, but we shall see but it's been pushed back to 2020 so sure has there you go what else? Nothing really. Should we just scoot on into what have we been watching? Yes, after this brief break. Oh yeah, break! That was a good break, wasn't it? That was. I mean, I got so much done. In Me that too. What? Well, I don't even know. I wrote that essay yeah. on Tarantino verse. Right, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we'll read it out. Maybe we'll do a special show where you read out. Yeah. We, we both. Then we can do essay versus essay. Yeah. And I don't know where I'm going yeah. with this. What have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first of all, I forgot to mention before the show how um, Bash Brothers was so good. Lonely Island, I love you so much. Please come to the UK so I can buy front row tickets. That was quite a good Lonely Island impression, to be honest. Thanks. I'm like yeah. super hardcore Lonely Island fan. And the Bash Brothers thing was so amazing. The Bash Brothers thing was brilliant. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I think I, I'm pretty sure I, I shared these, these thoughts on Instagram. So apologies if you read that already. Lonely Island always confounds me because every time I'm like, they're going to come back. The joke's going to wear thin. And at some point, like, I won't find them funny anymore. And like like a lot of other comedy music seems to pass its sell by date. And then they do one, maybe one or two sort of funny things. The Lonely Island guys just and uh, yeah, they keep coming back with funny stuff. I don't even know a lot about the Bass Brothers and about the subject of the baseball subject matter they were talking about, and I still thought this was great. Yeah. So like, yeah, I can imagine with context, this was even better. Yeah, uh, but for yeah, sure. I was impressed, and the, the half an hour was a perfect running time for it. I think. Yeah, and it was definitely like more like their really early stuff as well, because like, I I I've, I've been watching them since like Stalk Patrol and Kablamo, like when they were doing their really early online shorts. So like they, the, even though they have more of a production bud, 
budget they still retain the kind of what what are these references like so it's um and the ridiculousness i read there was a segment where they ripped off a buster rhymes music video and i was just like oh my god you've just nailed it so much (laughs) like you you like they know so much more about hip-hop than probably hip-hop artists in like modern day music do now to be honest yeah they're very very astute guys to be fair and i love the post credits bits with yorma bringing back his (laughs) his um he does it on one of the um albums he's got a song that's called goes like i'm a hustler do you know that one i'm a hustler that's just what i do and (laughs) so he brought that back for the post credit scene um yeah and they're like really talented filmmakers in their own rights as well have you seen the watch that akiva did no, I don't with Richard Ayoade and Ben Stiller, and uh, no. a few years back, no. No, seen, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen, seen it. Seen MacGruber? Yeah, I didn't like MacGruber. Oh well, okay, fine. God, well. <laughs> anyway, Lonely Island, we love you. Come on our show, give us we front do row love seats. You. Yeah, definitely come on the show if you're listening. Yeah, well, of course. Listening. Of, of course, course they are. Who isn't? Scorsese, Lonely Island, yeah. they're all listening. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Lonely yeah. Island, absolutely much love for the Lonely Island guys. I think, yeah, what they do is great. They keep yeah. going from strength to strength. And long may it continue. Yes, just thought um, I'd get that in there. Yes, what no, have you been watching? Um, I watched a film that, um, from the title and from the little sort of um, blurb on the box, uh, should sound quite exciting. Uh, I'll get to whether it was or not in a minute. This was uh, a Hammer Horror effort from 1970 called The Vampire Lovers. Amazing. Directed by Roy Ward Baker, starring uh, Ingrid Pitt's boobs. Amongst others. Amazing. Um, so the tagline, as I was referring to, uh, an erotic nightmare of tormented lusts that throbs in headless undead bodies. Sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. It wasn't. I bet. <laughs> I bet you're wrong. It sounds amazing. Have you got it on, on DVD? Uh, I was lent the Blu-ray. Oh, uh, and I, you I and your the Blu-ray. To be honest, I think it's. <sighs> I think the the problem with a, what I'm finding with a lot of the later Hammer horror stuff mm. is that. I can tell you exactly what's going to happen in the film before I put it on. Fair enough. So Peter Cushing will appear in a brief role at the beginning mm. and then come back as the wizened old guy at the end that kind of saves the day. Yeah. Um, in between, you get a lot of sort of you get a lot of what feels what and what feels and is dated sort of just women lot, lot sort of lounging around topless that just it just makes you like it's just very silly in this day and age more than far more than it is anywhere near erotic as it claims to be. Um, and you just know, you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen here. There's Someone's going to die. And then at the end, like they'll find the vampire asleep and they'll stake the vampire and then the film ends. And I think it seems to me, certainly by this point, and I'm not... I, I, not a hammer, I don't profess to be a hammer horror expert. I've seen quite a few of the films. I am a big fan of of the earlier classics, without a shadow of a doubt. But it seems to me like they they just they're making the same films, and at this at this point have just gone right. We'll put boobs in it, uh, and put lesbians in it, and then we'll and then just just pump it out basically. All right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. vampire lovers not great to be honest. Fair like, enough, I'll give that one a miss. Yeah, it's it's a shame really. It could have been it could have been campy fun as it is. It's just a bit boring in all honesty. So Aww. yeah, I would give the vampire lovers a miss. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, do you know what? You should not give a miss. The perfection was this on, on Netflix? Netflix. I was just like, I wanted to message you at the time. I was like, Paul, that it. There's hope. There's hope in Netflix putting out good content again. It was, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It, was, it wasn't amazing, but it's... Um, What's the, give give right. us a slight premise without, okay. without spoilers on this Okay, 
It's got that woman who's the girlfriend in Get Out, and I've forgotten the actress's name. She's in it anyway. So the premise is that um, she plays um, a cellist who's had to take 10 years out of her career to care for her sick mother. Alison Williams. That's it, Alison Williams. And um, her mum dies, so she gives her ex-teachers a bell and says, hey, I'm going to come and find you because I want to get back in the cellist kind of circuit again. So she flies to Shanghai and goes to a uh, cellist competition um, and to judge some cellists in Shanghai to who's going to go to the academy um, in Boston, I want to say it was in Boston. So she's one of the judges. And there she also meets up with the number one um, talent from the academy uh, called, I've forgotten the girl's name, but she's like the pr- the, the next big thing in, chel- in celloing. <laughs> cello in cello. I'm just loving you here to say the word cellist cello. as many times cello. you can squeeze it in. Um, I was about to ask you what the academy Then <laughs> they go out on a night out and they go backpacking in China together, this new cellist and Alison Williams, and stuff happens and whoa, 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 whoa. It was, I I didn't expect it to go in as many ways as it did. It was a bit um, ridiculous, but in a good way. And um, it was, yeah, oh, I think I think the girl who plays the um the new cellist is um she's from Blackish and I've forgotten her name as well. Or so is it Dear White People? In the perfection we've got Logan Browning. That's really ignorant of me, but uh, I can't remember. I know she's really main, but I've just forgotten her name. It's Logan Browning. Logan Browning, that's the, it. Um, uh, yeah, I believe plays the support in this. I haven't seen this yet. And this is directed by Richard Shepherd, who is not a director I'm familiar with. No, um, no. Thanks for looking up the actual facts. I just get really excited about the plot. Then this happens. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good. You should watch it. Everyone should watch it. It's on Netflix at the moment. It's on. It's on the Netflixster. Yeah, we'll check it out. It's an eighteen. If that gives you any um, indication. Oh, okay, so things happen. Things bloody well happen. Not even Vampire Lovers was an eighteen. That only managed. No, a fif- I know. That only managed a fifteen rating in this day and age. Yeah, so, yeah. that's what I've yeah. been watching anyway. What else right. have you been watching? Uh, I watched Ida. Um, which Ooh. is a film I've been meaning to catch up with for quite some time since I rave, rave, I love Cold War so much. Yeah. Um, this is directed by Pavel Pawlowski, who brought yep. us Cold War uh, yep. last year. This is the film uh, he did previous to it. Yep. Um, this film is looks absolutely beautiful, as you can imagine from Pavel Pawlowski. Um, I can see uh, the comparisons to Cold War, and certainly in some of the visual, the visual mm-hmm. style and the way the film shot. Yeah. Um, Essentially focuses around uh, the life of a young nun or young sort of woman of the cloth um, who is about to take a vow, who is about to take a vow to become a nun, mm-hmm. uh, discovers that she is Jewish uh, when she goes to visit her aunt before she takes her vows. Her aunt then takes her on a journey, kind of a road trip, really, I think is the best way to describe yeah. it. To, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's one way to describe it. Yeah, it's a road uh, trip movie. To find her family, to basically find her family. And then um, they go into a hostel and it's not quite what it seems to yeah, No, it's not. No, it doesn't go that way, thankfully. No, it's just a really, 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 really well-made, um, heartfelt story that mm. I think was, was fantastically mm. acted. We've got, um, oh, I'm going to have a go at this name, sorry, uh, Agata Trebowska. Yeah. Trebowska, I don't think that was too bad, as Ida. Um, yeah. And then Agatha Kaliza as Wanda, who is her aunt, who basically tries to help her track down her family. Um, I'm not going to spoil where the story goes. Nah. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really sweet, heartfelt, emotional film that I thought was tremendously well acted and fantastically well directed. Um, didn't quite hit me in the same way that Cold War did, 
Um, I'll be honest, but there's still loads, loads and loads and loads to like here. Both um, Oscar nominated though, weren't they? I'm pretty sure Ida yes. was nominated. Yeah, Ida won. Uh, yeah, Cold yeah, yeah. War didn't because Roman course. was nominated. Of so, course. Um, yeah, another yeah. fantastic film. If you haven't seen it, certainly check it out. Yeah. It's just yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a director of incredible talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and this mm-hmm. this didn't come up short. I'll be mm. honest. So yeah, check it out. Wow, on a completely different wavelength and keeping with like dark, horror-y tones. I watched Train to Busan finally. Have you seen it? I have seen Train to Busan, yes. OMG, that was so good. If too long. Don't, not for me. I never wanted the train to stop. <laughs> it was so good and I was just so, just nihilistic and depressing, but so good at the same time. Can I just say how good it was? No, it was like, just, a, it was a really horrible, heart-wrenching family drama, but then mixed with zombies and then mixed with like this kind of, stark horrible look at society and how people are just horrible so for those people and... not aware of what train to yeah Busan is, why are you not what is it? i wasn't what is it it's a film yeah. it's a korean film yeah. about um a cocky businessman who doesn't have time for his daughter and his daughter lives all day with his mum and his mum's like oh, look after your daughter better. And and the daughter's like, I don't like you. I want to go and spend my birthday with my mum in Busan. So he's finally like, okay, I'll take your mum, you to your mum in Busan. And at the same time, when they're driving to Busan, something's, not to Busan, to the train station to Busan, something's gone awry. And guess what? A zombie outbreak's happening. There we go. And now then, you, so the and then <laughs> but there's obviously the heartfelt drama of this little kid going, I want to see my mummy. And he's like, I'm just, I don't care what you want, but I'll go anyway to prove I'm a good dad. And yeah, so they're stuck on a train with a zombie virus outbreak. And it is nonstop. Like, you thought speed was intense. This is just like, so you thought snakes on a plane was intense. Train to Busan. <laughs> Whoa there, pickle. You know. But I, we kept making jokes about it being the prequel to Snowpiercer. But, you know, it wasn't. But in no, my mind it was. Cool it was yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's it was amazing. I didn't think it was too long. I want I want a train to Busan too. Um, they're back. Yeah. Is it not coming? Is that coming? If it there's, is, there's a prequel, isn't there? There's an animated prequel called Soul Station, I think. Oh, okay. If it might be a prequel, it might be a sequel. I'm Amazing. Not, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I'm sold. Um, but I don't know whether. Yeah, there may well be a sequel coming, but we shall see. And I'm pretty sure Train to Busan was screened at Cannes last year, if not last year, the year before. Train to Busan. Busan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've watched that. What else have you watched? Um, rarely th- these days. Well, I say rarely these days. That's not entirely true at all. Sometimes a film comes along that just blows my head clean off my shoulders. Oh, yeah. And then I just sit there and go, oh, my God, that was an absolute joy to behold. And I absolutely love that film. Uh, this next film I'm going to talk about is one of those. What? What? Um, what? This is from young director Bradley Brady Bradley Brady Corbet, who we talked about a couple of episodes ago with Vox Lux. Uh-huh. Who recently bought us that. This is his first film from twenty fifteen, uh, The Childhood of a Leader. Uh with our Pats. Yes. Uh, uh or Robert Pattinson as he's referred to on this grown up show. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He's our Pats. Um, yeah, so this stars um Robert Pattinson, uh Berenice Bejo, Liam Cunningham, Stacey Martin. Who plays the boy in this? I couldn't find him name of him he's just called boy um, boy number one that's his name 
doesn't actually say on here, which is bizarre. In a um, world where our Pats has grown up. That's not how it starts. No, no you, you, you starts. do the plot. Yeah, I'm going to do the plot. <laughs> so The Child of a Leader basically focuses on um, a quite a very creepy kid um, who is brought up in a re- relatively spoiled and not particularly loving environment no. um, to a family of well-to-do politicians, um, essentially. And then he has a very bad relationship with his mother, an even worse relationship with his father, played by Liam Cunningham. Um, or is he? Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of the the premise of it, really. Um, what it does deliver, it for me, it delivers just an incredible, just an incredibly tense film uh, with a fantastically, fantastically taught soundtrack from Scott Walker, which was just great. Um, I think the film is dripping with tension. There was a, it owes certainly a nod, a nod or two to the Omen in terms of how like, like in terms of how the, the, the child is set up, like something's wrong. Mm. Um, much like uh, Bradley Corbet used in Vox, like he uses the three-act structure here, but I think in terms of black comedy, he certainly plays it with black comedy in places because each each act in this in this instance is called a tantrum. So you have the first tantrum, the second tantrum, and the third tantrum. Love it. Um, which did make me giggle a little bit, in term, but it is at the same time, it is, it is a very dark film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it essentially, without spoiling the end, rolls into, I mean, the, the clue might be in the title, but... Um, it rolls into ultimately what happens to this child when he grows up. Um, and just for me, it was fantastically well shot. I think Vox Lux showed me that Bradley Corbett knows his way around a camera without a shadow of a doubt and has got an incredible visual style. Is he Batman? Um, hmm? What, Robert Pattinson? Is that is that the twist? It's the Batman prequel, no. but in a weird dark way, way where like Bruce Wayne's parents are actually really horrible. So you're like, yes, I'm glad they got killed in that alleyway. No, that would no. be interesting. Okay, uh, but no, uh, <laughs> the, the twist of the film is not is he Batman? Oh, not that enough. he is Batman because that would um, make perfect casting sense if it is. You know, Gah. anyway. I mean, yeah, enough. I could see. Yeah, I can. Where can we find this? Uh, I w- I watched this on movie. Movie, movie. Yeah, uh, cool. if it's still on there or not, I don't know because movie kind of cycles films yeah uh, i think it might you might it might be on there for another few days but yeah un- honestly i just thought this was impeccably well made the score was fantastic i thought the performances were great and it's one of those films that just really 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 grabbed yeah. me and i thought it was i thought it was a superb piece of work i remember being really surprised that it was only on like once at my local cinema because it was like quite a good cast and a good have you seen st- it uh no i didn't get a chance to see it because it was only on at the one time right. and i was like oh, naff okay so good i'll i'll watch that yeah. then you should find it it's yeah very, very good well very very good I saw a film in the cinema which you haven't seen yet, which is Damn rare. It. <laughs> yeah. It's rare. Um, I went to see Booksmart last night. Booksmart is getting <gasps> some very, very, very good reviews I and was, a lot of love. Yeah, I had like didn't really have much like high hopes for it and I was I loved it. It was so good. So this is Olivia Wilde's director real day, yeah, isn't it? Olivia Wilde. Um again sounds a bit like oh, I'm too Okay, um, and um, it's about uh, two uh, teens, uh, last day of high school, and they've, they're basically massive SWATs, and they belong to all the societies at school, and one of them's got into, I can't remember, I don't know what, Georgetown University maybe? And the other's got into Yale, and they think they're so great, and then they find out that their classmates who actually didn't work as hard and partied a bit harder they some of them got into like Yale and Stanford so they have a bit of a freak out on their last night of school and go right we've got to have massive party times and do like make up for all this studying time that we did in the last couple of years and be cool basically so it's like basically about these two kind of innocent girls who 
their best buds and they kind of find themselves over one night and explore their sexuality and their darkest fears and their loves and their likes and sort of take um uh chances and yeah it was just it's it's I, I thought it was a bit like kind of like a modern day clueless a more upbeat 13 it was okay. just really funny it was very funny for yeah the like very very funny to be fair yeah it, it, it was almost like i i sat there going like i wish like super bad had been this funny or so do you know what i mean like there was a time a couple of years ago where there were all these like tea angsty teen movie comedies that were coming out and they for me they just missed the mark a little bit it was and with this it was just really well how long is scripted. this Sorry. it's only like hour 45 i think okay because it's, not I, that I, long. it's interesting you say that about the like the, the um the Judd Apatel well the kind of the Judd, Judd Apatel like but teenage comedies and stuff because I found that super bad uh just tried to be sentimental and overly and tried to be too much like John Hughes yeah and then outstayed its welcome by about twenty minutes and then I found the same with a lot of the films of that time so yeah, I'm just I didn't intrigued like by the length on this one because... I think this was Adam McKay and Will Farrell produced okay. it has Lisa Kudrow Will yeah, Ford okay. Uh, yeah, it has. It was a really good cast. Um, it's got the kid from Blooming uh, Santa Clarita Diet in it, the guy, and I can't remember his name now, but he was really funny. Um, yeah, I really recommend it. It was really heartfelt, uh, really poignant, really daring, um, and kind of what it it had like kind of SJW ness in it, but it wasn't knock over the head. It just kind of interlaced it quite naturally. It was. Do you know? Do you know what I mean when sometimes you're Sometimes I find a lot of films nowadays try and tick a load of boxes, whereas this ticked a load of sort of inclusive boxes, but it wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is what this film's about. It would just all happened and very naturally, if that makes sense. Maybe yeah, not. I think so. Yeah, but yeah, go watch it. It's only on like once a night. It's been out for a week, couple of weeks, though, hasn't it? It was the ADM, it was the secret screening. But yeah, then it I was. Didn't go for whatever reason. I no, I, 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 yeah, I was like, oh, uh, I'm not sure if so I'm into this. And then now I'm... I have to. Now my penance is to see it at twenty past nine. Yeah. <laughs> so do it. Yes. No, I will go. I'm excited about that. Um, right. That brings us to the end of what we've been watching. We'll yeah. be back after this with the, what are we going to do first, Aladdin or Rocket Man? You, you choose. Aladdin. Okay. We'll be back in a minute. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to butcher it. I, that's fine. I was, a, I was in a kind of a singing mood when I finished Aladdin, I'll be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's it's worn off now. So Fair enough. Sorry, listeners, you'll have to wait for The Strangers in the Cinema. Yeah, Disney we're not doing soundtrack that for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas Maybe single. for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that for Christmas. Uh, yes, so that is, so this brings us to a feature review of Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. Yep. Um, yeah, so the story of Aladdin. Grace, tell us the story of Aladdin. Oh, come on, guys. Well, depends what version of Aladdin you know. In the pantomime, it's usually set in China, but in the film universe, it's set in Agrabah, Agrabah, which is, I guess, Saudi Arabia, because they sing Arabian Nights. So there you go. Um, So follows the story of a young, a young guy called Aladdin. He's a street rat. He's got a monkey for a friend called Abu, and they're pickpockets and they're very naughty. And then there's princess jasmine who's the daughter of the sultan of agrabah and she's like i hate being in this palace i'm gonna go out and explore the real world and they have a chance meeting not realizing who each other are um 
Do I need to explain the whole plot? No, there's a really. baddie. Yeah. There's a baddie. He's like Aladdin. Look, you got to go in this cave to retrieve this lamp, and then and then he Aladdin, wants to take over. He, he, wants, to take over. he wants to take over. Who He's gets the lamp? Whoa, Aladdin gets the lamp, and then yeah. lots of things happen. And then a genie appears. And then a genie appears. Here's a clip. Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in Make Me a Prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Right, you'll be snuggled up with that dude for the rest of your life. Y'all see my powers? Be specific with your words. The deal is in the detail. Got it. Which I don't really understand, because if she already likes you, why change? I told you, she has to marry a prince. I just want to go home, man. Okay, I can do that. <laughs> that wasn't as funny as everyone thought it would be. <laughs> uh, yeah, expectations for this. I'll be honest, for me, weren't high no. um, at all. No. Um, I, I wasn't overly convinced by the look of the film in the early trailers. I wasn't overly convinced by the look of the Will Smith genie character. And I've n still remained not overly convinced by the need for Disney to turn all these animated films into live action no. films. No. So I have to say that on that basis, yeah. I was pretty much pleasantly surprised with Aladdin. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what worked for me. We'll start with. So let's start with positive. Yeah. Let's start with positives yeah. of what worked for me because I feel I've, I've opened with a bit of negativity. Um, I thought the cast were fantastic. I thought Maynard Massad as um, relative, cast in a relative unknown, and the fact they cast Egyptian, I think, was really, really good. Maynard Massad brings a lot of charm to this role, and I thought he was good as Aladdin. Um, not, not amazing, but still, I think a solid performance. Um, a performance that I did rate very highly was Naomi Scott as mm -hmm. Princess Jasmine. Yeah, she was I good. thought she was a really good, um, a really good performance. Um, added a length of strength, a, a level of strength to female characters that Disney is often missing. Mm -hmm. um, in all honesty, and I think that I think I think that helped. And I didn't. I don't think it. I think it came through subtly enough. Yeah. Um, that it worked for me. Um, and Will Smith here as the genie. I mean, who the hell would want to follow Robin Williams' performance? Right. In the animated in the animated film. Um, so I think it's for me. I think it's probably one of the better Will Smith performances I've seen recently. Yeah, I think um, Will Smith does com like he's a comedic actor his yeah. strength is in comedy yeah. and bloody film rap at the end as well yes yeah. yes <laughs> yes i love it so yeah and i think so i think yeah. yeah those those bits of the films i think the performances the performances worked well for me yeah um, costume design costume design was, was so great. good I think while we're in the performances though I, marwin kanzari marwin kanzari plays jafar here um, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I I thought he seemed a little bit bored. Um, I don't think he really delivered a great villain. No, Jafar needs to um, be older. He needs to be someone who's been by the Sultan's side for like years and years and years. Yeah, and like that was older and bitter. And, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and I just he I wasn't just, menacing enough. I felt like with with everything else with everything else that was going on uh, with everything that we'll get to this in a minute with everything else that was turned up to eleven um, in terms of how sort of over the top and exuberant the film was. Um, and we'll come. I said we'll come to that. We'll come to Guy Ritchie in a minute. Um, I just thought it needed a more exuberant villain, to be honest. A more, yeah. a more, a more pantomime villain. I thought he, whether he was trying to underplay it, I don't know. Whether it was deliberate, I don't know. But for me, it didn't work, and the villain yeah. was really lacking something. Well, yeah, and considering, like, just to get on to maybe some negatives. It seems like Guy Ritchie literally was like, "I'm going to do a pantomime on film." Like the villain was not villainous enough. There wasn't enough no. boo hiss. No, to it. I, I completely agree with that. And I think, yeah, yeah and I think, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Guy Ritchie, though, he seems like an unusual choice for a Disney film, I think. Yeah, um, he's got to give it a go. Um, But uh, to be honest, um, I think I came out of it. I came out of Aladdin. I was just like, I kind of looked around. I was just like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm I'm doing a looking around face list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I looked around and I thought, and I sat there and then I I, I put my, I stroked my chin for a bit. Did you? I was just like... I didn't find Guy Ritchie's direction annoying for mm. a whole film. Yeah. I was like, what has happened here? Well, <laughs> like... that's because he's got like an amazing source material to work with. And really, if someone manages to balls up Aladdin, like, I mean, I guess someone managed to balls up Beauty and the Beast, but, you know, um, he it, he had a lot to go, to work but I on. Think, I think he, I th- I, he felt at times like he was either being restrained or he was either told to be more restrained or he was choosing to be more restrained in his direction. Yeah. There was there was a, there was less slow mo. There was less jump cuts. When he did it, it worked. It was it was less. Mm. I mean, if you look, try and watch fucking King Arthur without just throwing up. It's just right, Im- yeah, almost impossible. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really thought he, he reined it in, and I thought when he did when he did sort of turn everything up to eleven, I thought it really worked for the source material. I yeah, thought the, the song and dance routines I thought were great. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I I really enjoyed those, and I think yeah, there are. There's moments here when his when the visuals really shine through. I think. Oh yeah, um, completely. Yeah, like bit a, of dodgy CGI here and there. There but... is a bit of dodgy CGI, and there's one uh, particular action scene towards the beginning that just is obviously artificially sped up. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. Looked horrendous. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I thought Guy Ritchie's visual style actually lent itself well to Agrabah and, and the setting that it was in and the, yeah. the whole oh, the whole energy of the film. Completely. Um, Got a bit confused whether he was in India or Saudi Arabia though, didn't he? At points, like with some of the dancing, <laughs> it was like. Dun, dun, like Bollywood style yeah. I was like nah it's the, they're, they're close but a completely different culture yeah. guy come yeah, on but no, I'm, yeah, no I mean I, I, but I that's, those, that's those, a those failing those were fun yeah but, yeah yeah I don't, but then I mean what else what else is there to say on this I think I think it was a good film I think yeah like you said Jafar was a bit pants um, Will Smith was fine and if the animation never existed I would have been very happy with this movie but the fact that like quite a lot of this because like i know the original aladdin so well mm. it was just like frame by frame like even the way the songs were sung that i was just like yeah this is a really good recreation of a great film and in that way it's kind of sort of going what well, are these films actually what is the point of them money. i know it's money but i was just <laughs> sort of like like the, the whole um that song like all the characters, the way they sang, everything about it was exactly the same as the original animation. And even to a point like with um, Will Smith's, um, um, the Genie songs as well, it's exactly all, it's like the, even the animations were similar to how Robin Williams' Genie is portrayed in the original. So I was just like, yeah, this is really good. This is a really good movie. It's fine. I wasn't too um, excited by the new Jasmine song. That was really forgettable. Whoever wrote that. Bad job. Good singing voice, but <laughs> yeah. bad job. And the, her dresses were phenomenal. I'll give them that. The costume design was yeah, the so nice. But... but yeah, I was just sort of like, oh. And, and I really feel like they shouldn't have let Will Smith sing. I think he should have just rapped everything. Because I would have, again, I would have been, it would have been a bit different. And I mm. would have enjoyed it way more. But they let him sing. Yeah. Like they let Russell Crowe sing in Les Miserables. Like, don't do that. They're not singers, for goodness sake. <laughs> No, I, I think I'm pretty much with you. I don't see the point of... It's like, if, what's the point of remaking something if you're just going to make exactly the same thing again? Yeah. And if the justification is always oh, in live action this time, it's like, well, it, 
fine, but what's what's the point of it? If you're going to remake something, at least try and tweak it a little bit. This, yeah. this, I think we've said this before when we talked about In the Beast, but I quite like John Favreau's Jungle Book for that reason because I thought right. Jungle Book changed. It didn't change much, but it changed enough for me yeah, to be uh, to, to work in it to work as a separate entity. Yeah. And this is my concern about the up and coming Lion King. If you look at the trailer for Lion King, it looks like they're just going to remake it with a different form of animation because yeah. Lion King is going to be completely CGI yeah. so surely animated yeah, not yeah, live yeah. action yeah completely um, and yeah I, and yes I, and yeah okay I accept if we've ultimately got to accept that they are just there to make money yeah of course but it would be nice if they could take slightly bolder choices with some of the direction in which they take these films yeah um, because otherwise what's the point otherwise they might make money but you're not going to what you're not if you the problem you can have is they might make money first time around you might go to the cinema and watch them and go oh it was nice to see a live action Aladdin yeah but if you then reach to your Blu-ray shelf, sorry, circa nineteen fifteen, whatever, no, um, yeah, reach yeah, yeah. your Blu-ray shelf, go to your streaming services, whatever people do these days, yeah, um, you're going to reach for the animation, yeah, every single time yeah. you're going to reach for the original animation. So, yeah, yeah I, yeah, for what it is, I think it does a good job. I'm totally with you that I don't, I still don't think it does enough to justify its own existence. No, um, what's here is fun, and yeah. is an enjoyable couple of hours in the cinema. Oh yeah, completely. And was, was certainly better than I'd hoped. Yeah, it would I was, be. I was happy. But no, Ish. I'm with you. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I still don't exactly know why, why we've got this film. No, but yeah, Will Smith, get back to comedies, mate. Come on, Fresh Prince, you're so funny. I listened yeah. to loads of Will Smith like yesterday, and I was like, oh, I miss your songs. <laughs> Loved it. I love it when he does a song at the end. He goes, ha, yeah, Aladdin, Jasmine's here, yo, ha ha. It's brilliant. And then after the credit, uh, as the credits roll, Will Smith's done a song with DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, the, the bar's set high. Yeah. Um, right, so that's pretty much it for Aladdin, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back after this brief break with a review of Dexter Fletcher's Elton John biopic, Rocket Man. can't think of any puns no no hold me close a tiny podcast i'm a podcast woman i don't know rocket man let's talk about it let's do yeah it. cool then. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where to start i was so conflicted well, what's the film about what's it about it's about elton john you've done enough of these shows now i know, you know it's you about know elton format. john okay it's yeah. about a young boy who's brought up in london and he's a musical prodigy and his parents are not very nice and then he joins a band and he becomes elton john here's a clip bernie talking yeah you must be elton yeah hi well that's my stage name oh well you, you can tell me your real name when we get to know each other better right uh, um, I was thinking... you ever, uh, sorry. Sorry. No, no, please. See you. Uh, I like your lyrics. Thank you. Yeah, I, I got the tape that you sent. It's great. Really good. Thanks. Oh, hang on. Uh, hey, don't, don't bother with that one. That wasn't supposed to be in there. That's not by no, no, that's really good. I wrote a tune to it. Hmm? Yeah, I bought a song. Yeah. I read it and I could hear the whole tune in my head. It was all there, I could see all the notes, and I just had to get it out. It's like my fingers couldn't work fast enough to keep up with my brain. <laughs> Whoa, that was good. I don't know which bit it was, but it was pretty good. No. So, yeah, as Grace <laughs> has done a really poor job of setting up, um, this is a biopic about the life of the young Elton John, um, played here by, for the most part, by Taron Edgerton. Yes. Um, who I thought did 
pretty good job, to be honest. Yes. Um, this film focuses very much, I would say, on the early to middle part of his career. Yeah, it kind say? of stops at the 80s. Um, yeah, so it stops 80s. at the 80s. So this is very much um, focused on his life where he struggles with the rise of the rise of his sort of coming to fame. Yeah. Um, and then struggles with addiction. Um, yeah. From, well, as he describes at one point in the film, he's taken every single drug known to man yeah. um, at least once. But the songbook of the film takes in songs from all of his career. Yeah. So I kind of feel like, I think like the main, neg- it's not a negative, but I kind of felt like going, oh, they're setting this up so this can be a long running stage musical now, mm. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Elton John's like, ka-ching! <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, good. Your, yeah, your sum, sum up was way better than mine. <laughs> Um, are you an Elton John fan? No, in all no, honesty, I'm not I don't. I, well, to say I'm not a fan is is unfair. I, I I like the every. It's impossible not to like some of his biggest songs. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's be perfectly honest. But in terms of do I regularly listen to Elton John? I'll no. be honest. No, I don't. No. Did I know much about Elton John before this film? No, I didn't. No. Did I have much interest in Elton John before this film? No. No. Do you like musicals? Um, Did you like musicals before this film? I, well, I watched Aladdin before this, so there yeah. was, um No, I, I, I'm either way on musicals. To be honest, I'd like some, I don't like others. So, yeah. um, okay. I went into this personally went into this again with very low expectations yeah. um, because I thought we were just going to get a rerun of Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. uh, with Elton John instead. Yeah. Um, and for me, we partly got that, um, but then partly didn't. Um, do you want to go? What did you think? You go first. Okay, then... right. So this was my experience of the film. I settled in. I had my bottle of water and my popcorn, and then the little kids started. Like it, it the, the the opening sequence with Elton John. He's bursting through these hallways in a big orange devil outfit, and he actually bursts into like an AA meeting. And then he starts talking about his childhood. And the minute that little kid started doing his irritating little kid voice, I was like, oh, no. And then there's an opening sequence. I don't think this is really spoilers, but there's an opening sequence where, like, he goes back in time to when he was younger and all the people of the neighborhood are dancing in the street. And I was like, fuck, this is my least favorite thing in the whole world. I don't know (laughs) if I'm going to be able to sit through this. Like, and I was just like, no. And me and my other half were just like wincing. Like there's a song where like the dad and the mum and the gran and little boy Elton who's doing his little choir voice. And we were just like, oh my God, I can't actually deal with this. This is horrendous. But the minute it kicked into um, the, when he turns into Elton John from Reginald Dwight, it's really good, and I'm I and I was like, okay, I'm completely on board with this now. This is totally fine with me. Um, there's a little bit of a sequence which I thought like th- there's another dance sequence in the fairground, and it was a bit like, oh, and now we're going over to some Indian people, and we're gonna have a dun, 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 dun kind of music. It's like, oh, okay, of course, this is a British musical, isn't it? We've got to have that kind of thing in there. Um, but yeah, like apart from those two dance sequences, which made me want to tear my eyes out. It was fine. <laughs> Does that sum it up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you, except for me, I it's very much, very much a mixed bag. This film for me, I think, uh, and I've, I've had a day to think about it now because I only saw this last night. Oh right, okay. I think for me, there is so much of this film that I was just like, oh, I'm not enjoying this because uh, there's like, and to the point where you've got the same like nasty manager that you had in Bohemian Rhapsody, and there's so for me, there's so many sort of biopic um cliches it's almost like paint by numbers biopic in places 
Um, but for me, just as Rocketman started to do that, it then broke to something else. So just as I was just like, oh, this bit's a bit cliche, then suddenly I'm like, oh, here's a really... And I, I enjoyed the dance routines, all of them, in all honesty. Yeah. And I thought, so as, as much as it, it was cliched in the whole, like... The whole like he's sitting there in therapy going through the 12-step yeah, yeah, progress. Yeah, That's yeah. quite trite. Yeah. And it has been done many, many times before. Um, but for me, just as it hit cliche, it then it then burst into an incredible song yeah. and dance number. Yeah. And I think that the song and dance numbers for me are what worked for this and definitely yeah. kept me into this. If, yeah, if it yeah, wasn't yeah. for the song and dance numbers, oh, yeah. I'd have been out. I don't no, think this would have been great. I, it was just um, those. It was just those two stereotypical yeah. like because like the kind of I, I really don't like musical theatre as such, and because it was sort of like a chorus dancing. Yeah. that's the kind of stuff I don't really like. Whereas yeah. I the, the rest of it, I really didn't mind at, at all. Yeah. I, I actually loved it more than I would dare to admit usually but now I've admitted it anyway yeah. <laughs> and to the point where like and 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 I love um Queen's music is and Freddie Mercury I love them so much I love him so much so to actually sit there and go fuck I wish Bohemian Rhapsody was like this I wish they'd just given Bohemian Rhapsody a 15 rating and just gone all fucking out well, yeah, because it's, in, it's interesting you geez. say that because I read an interview with um, Elton John the other day so Elton John and David Furnish both produced this film yeah. so um, that again alarm bell started ringing for me because of the sanitised version we got of Freddie Mercury and Queen I thought okay, and Romeo anyway. and Juliet yeah <laughs> yeah um, yeah but what we get here, and I think this is the other this is the other thing um, that works for me in Rocket Man, is we get a warts and all account of his life. Yeah. Um, and it's again, it's I think it hit a it's a fifteen rating, which yeah. I know this there was some pressure from what Elton John was saying. There was some pressure from the studio to try and cut out some of the drug use and dial this all back. And he was just like, no, that's not the life I've lived. No. Um, and like the parties are there, the wild sex is there. Yeah. It's all there. The drug taking is there, and I think that again helps give this a film. A more sense of validity, yeah. a much better sense of validity that it's yeah. telling a, a more accurate story, yeah. to be honest. Completely. Um yeah, and I think yeah, kudos for that. I thought Taranoda's film was really good in this. Oh, he was so good, yeah. Um, like yeah. he was spot on. Yeah, I, no, and I, I don't use I I don't really like have an opinion about Taron Edison otherwise, but I just thought like the the commitment he gave to the role um, and his his singing because if you bear in mind with Bohemian Rhapsody everyone said how good Rami Malek was and don't get me wrong like he put in a great acting performance but it was half the time it wasn't his singing voice mm. it was interlaced with recordings of a Freddie Mercury um, sound alike and Freddie Mercury yeah. himself so for Taron Edgerton to like like I was I was reading watching this interview with him the other day saying how he's a singer but he's never done like a gravelly kind of rock singing before so he really really tried and was really nervous about it and he was like really spot on and I thought that was a real a feat of success what, what am I trying to say it was really good yeah, yeah no, it was a great performance <laughs> yeah. yeah and I said it's just yeah I, I, I'm pretty much with you I just think it's a shame that I don't know I suppose how else do you do these kind of films I guess without them falling into into the trite cliche territory and it's, it's a shame that it does fall into that at times um, yeah, yeah. That there's it. It still has that. This is a British film, and we're like the, the dad's like, oh, what are you looking at those dresses for? Are you, are you gay? Are you a pufter? And it's just like, oh yeah, this is like yeah, a there's, British there's, writing again. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of sort of characters that yeah that fall rapidly into stereotypes and here. But... Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard is the mum that never ages. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. Oh hello, Mum. What? She's like younger than you, Elton, right now. That's so weird. And also like the the weird like glossing over his marriage, like his his female marriage. Like it literally happened in like 
my partner went to the toilet and he's like, oh, what happened? I was like, oh, he met a woman, got married and now they've divorced. He's like, but I literally just went to the toilet for like three minutes. I was like, yeah, well, Elton obviously didn't want that part in the movie yeah. as much. But um, but yeah, no, I, I love the cinematography as well. I thought it was some, um, the, the bit where he's floating up on yeah, the so piano. Yeah, so the song and dance routine, so they go, well, and again, I think what, what works for them is the fact they're not, a lot of them aren't just sort of by the numbers song and dance routines that you would expect. A lot of them are very, very surreal, tricky yeah. sequences that, 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 that the team behind uh, Rocketman have done an incredible job of visualising. So they, they, it's visually a very, very exciting film. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, sorry to hark on about Bohemian Rhapsody, but they, you know, they are quite recent. They are going to get compared. Same directors as well. Um, yeah, just Rocketman. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna, if you have to make this kind of film, which I'm never, which is never gonna blow my head, blow my mind. Yeah. Uh, do it this way. Yeah. Like have some exciting visuals. Like, yeah. Appreciate that the material you're working with and that the film you're putting out has been made 25, 30 times before and yeah. been made 25 or 30 times again and leave the audience with something that is memorable and something that means, oh, look, I know, okay, I might not have liked all of it and I might have thought that the plot was this and yeah. this, but I damn sure will remember seeing Rocket Man. Yeah, and factually these... fucking accurate. Do you know what I mean? Like, the amount of people who are like, oh, yeah, but Bohemian Rhapsody, it's so good. It's like, oh, what? It's so good that for dramatic purposes, they gave Freddie Mercury AIDS before just before Live Aid had happened. So it was a more poignant moment. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Or they make We Will Rock You be written, like, way later than it actually was and written by different members of the band and, and, and like, create beefs. Like, yeah, brilliant. But at least Rocket Man like, actually is pretty much factually on the nose and it is a warts and all thing yeah. you know so i think it's it's really um a lot uh, one can commend elton john for going this is actually my life and it I wasn't always great and i wasn't you know these are the struggles that i had um and i don't necessarily like elton john's music specifically but i've definitely explored him more as a result um i, I found his later stuff a little bit irritating but i like I, I like the earlier stuff. For no, sure. fair enough. Fair enough. You know. So yeah, a, a pleasant surprise to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think it's. I know what will happen. This won't get any recognition after Bohemian Rhapsody got no. recognition. And it should no. be the other way around. Dexter yeah. Fletcher is a talented director. Yeah. And this, for the most part, is an entertaining and enjoyable film. And Jamie Bell was really good. Yeah, Jamie Bell's. Jamie Bell was, was really good. So actually. good. He's yeah. Very, he's and obviously good, he's got that tie with Elton John because Elton John directed the um wrote I think he wrote the stage musical of Billy Elliot. Oh, uh, okay. So Jamie Bell was like, oh yeah, I had to sing for this one, and I'm a dancer and I was really nervous about it. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it was very weird, the Bryce Dallas Howard bit, I have to say, in terms of the cast. That was a bit... And I didn't realise that the um, the boss that he ends up dating is the bodyguard. People yeah. were telling me that. Yeah. like, oh, it's the bodyguard guy. Not I was like, that. I don't know who that is, but sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was good. Go watch it. Yeah, it's decent. Go watch it. Go right. watch it. Before you go and watch it, though, find us on social media because we've yeah. pretty much come to the end of the show. Oh, uh, we are on Strangers in a Cinema on Facebook, Strangers in a Cinema on Instagram, at Strangers Cinema on Twitter. Um, we'll be back next week with a review of one of my most anticipated films of the year, Godzilla, King of Monsters. Is that out? Uh, it's out tomorrow. Oh, is there anything else out? It is out tomorrow. Um, it doesn't matter to doesn't me. Doesn't matter. I'll probably go and see if it's if it's anywhere. If it's what I hope it is, yeah. I'll probably see it about five times before we do the next show. And hey, um, listen. I still got to see Booksmart, though. 
Yeah, see Booksmart into yeah. Godzilla or Godzilla into Booksmart. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, but hey, listeners, give us some suggestions. We want your suggestions for films to watch. See, I haven't seen all the good films. I've seen <laughs> most of them, but I found these good films out for myself. No one suggested them to me. You didn't. So do it, please. Yes, give us suggestions. What we did, will watch them. Um, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Rocket Man? Tell us. Maybe you hated it. And we think can we call wrong. that segment, We Will Watch You. Oh, we so good. <laughs> okay, that's our new segment. Do it. Yes, we'll be back next week with We Will Watch You and all the usual treats. And God said the King of Monsters. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Yay, Sigoi. Goodbye. Arigato. Shut up and sit down.